Howdy, I'm Kate Kavanaugh, and you're listening to the Mind, Body, and Soil podcast, where we're laying the groundwork for our land, ourselves, and for generations to come by looking at the way every thread of life is connected to one another. Communities above ground mirror the communities below the soil, which mirror the vast community of the cosmos. As the saying goes, as above, so below. Join me as we take a curious journey into agriculture, biology, history, spirituality, health, and so much more. I can't wait to unearth all of these incredible topics alongside you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind, Body, and Soil podcast. I'm your host, Kate Cavanaugh, and I have a short but good one today. This is the third podcast that I've done with Irene Lyon, and there's a reason. I just can't get enough of Irene and her incredible work. And this is coming at the launch of her program, Smart Body, Smart Mind, which I am recommending and you can find in the show notes. We didn't do a good job of sort of leading into this, and so I actually wanted to talk about how the podcast with Irene started. I had on my books that we were going to do a podcast at a certain time, and I had actually recorded the time wrong, and I got a text message from Irene asking if we were still on. And instead of panicking, which is what I would have done two years ago before having done a lot of this nervous system work, I just calmly collected myself and got together everything I needed to record the podcast with Irene, and we recorded it. And I think that this is one of those things where some of the work that we do, both both within ourselves, but I think also within connection and in relationship with other people, can truly change the way that we are wired. And I know that I've told a decent amount of my story about my background and how I feel like my nervous system was wired in childhood. Actually, and I'll link to this in the show notes, one of the most vulnerable and revealing backgrounds I've ever given was on Irene's YouTube channel. And we explored some of my experiences in childhood and what I have done to reach a bit of a different place. And one of the things that I love is that it provided us the perfect opportunity to kind of explore how much work can shift things and also to explore how much healing takes time. And within that framework, I just want to offer you that, and and I know people say this all the time, that there is this, you sometimes take two steps forward and one step back and that this isn't a linear process. And I would tell you all that I'm in one of those spaces right now where I'm feeling a little bit rough and tumble and healing hasn't been very linear for me this summer. And I have this foundation that I've built that allows me to work through some of those old patterns with new tools and to recover in ways that are sometimes different or sometimes faster or to reach different places within myself. And so coming from somebody who's been in a bit of a freeze response lately, uh, as evidenced by my absence from the podcast circuit, 
I can attest to just how much I feel like this works and how accessible and yet deceptively simple something we get into this is. I'm not going to have a long intro on this. I really just want to dig into this meet with Irene Lyon. Smart Body, Smart Mind is enrolling now. I have all kinds of links in the show notes, including to the talk that I did with Irene and some of her other programs and her work that you can just dive right into. And so without further ado, here is Irene. So if we aren't aware of how our physiology works. So this comes back to my, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, which is you here. But I know through my work, and so do thousands of others, through whom I've taught in various ways, that when you do understand, not just, yeah, I got fight flight, and I'm stressed, and I've got anxiousness, and oh, I'm a bit, not like those terms that we throw out, but like, Mm -hmm. I have a physiology I have something called an autonomic nervous system, just like I have digestion and urine that comes from a bladder and bowel movements that come from my digestion. Like, I think, Kate, because we've been so squeamish, and this is more North American Mm. and Western about our bodily functions, we don't understand how important it is in the current society and in the current culture and in the current industrialization and domestication of plants and animals, how important it is for us to understand our deep physiology because we are not living in natural conditions anymore. And so the natural needs of our body are not being met in the ways that they truly should from an organic, biological we could say even mammalian point of view, you know, think of raising a puppy, a kitten, a mammal, same as raising a baby. The we are an animal. We are a human animal. Yeah, we're, we're animals. Yes. And then the, the, the difference is there comes a point where our higher level brains start to shift into a more unique creature that is a human being. That's accurate. We know There's the reason why humans are the only people or species that have developed all this. One could Mm. say technology, one could say crap, one could say amazing devices, whatever you want to call it. So (laughs) the reason why understanding our physiology is important, this goes back to the fear thing you were saying about the algorithm. If we're not aware of how our innards work, we will get hijacked by the external world without even knowing it. And the trouble is, Kate, is most of us were hijacked from conception. From even before that, if we talk of intergenerational trauma, and if I throw a little wrench into the spokes that a lot of people don't like, but I will, our past lives and where we came from before, 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 or multidimensionally. And so there's so much stuff in addition to the current world that is sort of a soup within us. And so if we're not even aware of the fact that we're just slightly tense all the time, or the opposite, slightly collapsed all the time, like, you know, or always, you know, 
wanted to fight, want, like, come on, you want a piece of me? I'm going to, you know, if, if we don't, if we're not aware that those personalities and behaviors are not driven through our survival physiology, and that's why we can't sleep, and that's why we can't poop, or that's why we poop too much, we don't absorb nutrients, or that's why we can't find a meaningful relationship, or that's why we can't clean up the dishes at the end of the day. All the things that are indicative of being stuck in a trauma response or a dysregulation, we're not aware of these things. There's no hope in hell that we're going to know, I better shut off this TV now. I better stop dosing myself with this media now. Because I also am one that believes that it is important to know what is going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think ignorance is bliss in this case. I think we do need to know about the cobalt mines and the shipping industries. I no longer buy flowers that are roses ever, especially if they're at Whole Foods, because I know they're not local, you know? Um, so that's a long way of saying it's very hard for us to break out of the fear because it's been driven by other fear because others, whomever those others are, are also in their own fear. And so for us to break the cycle, we got to, my favorite word recently, Kate, is scholar. We have to become scholars of our systems <laughs> and really understand the depth of how, of how the system works the way a mechanic knows how a freaking car engine, you know, how a combustible engine works, how, how all the things work, right? There's something really great about taking your vehicle to a really good mechanic. You just trust them. And Absolutely. it's kind of, yeah, you do. You just, and it's like, that's where I take my vehicle. Cause I know they're not going to cheat me. They're going to think about things outside the box if something doesn't make sense and they're going to figure it out mm-hmm. and they're going to know where to go for parts and da, da 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 And yet, so for humans, the ability to be your own, we could say, you know, a, a lighter word mechanic doesn't have to be scholar because that implies you have to study and get educated, which is kind of true. But if we think of like classic apprenticeship that a mechanic mm-hmm. would go through or an electrician or, or any kind of trade, like how can we become tradesmen of our bodies such that when it is slightly off just a little bit we know mm-hmm. i actually like this word apprenticeship to become yeah. apprenticed to your own body and i think that this is something that when we come back into a state of wanting to be connected both into our internal landscape and into our external landscape and those around us, that when we come from past situations that have caused us to be disconnected, there is this relearning that has to happen, this apprenticeship to the human animal and to understanding both at a mechanistic level, our physiology, as well as understanding how we respond, and then maybe understanding that others are going through their own courses of yeah. their physiology and their responses. And yeah. that is where some of these fear responses become perpe- perpetuating within society. They, they perpetuate. When we understand our own physiology and how this works, 
and this is just um, anecdotal evidence from my students, but I hear it over and over again, so one could say that it is true, is that when you become more connected to yourself and more apprenticed, you start to see people and humanity in a much more empathetic mm. and understanding way. Just like a parent, when they start to learn about their physiology, all of the behaviors of their child make sense. Not just kind of make sense, they all make sense because they're seeing their child, their infant, their teenager through the lens of their autonomic nervous system physiology. And this doesn't mean that it devoids them of their soul and their unique spark, but they see how this kid or, or baby or teenager gets activated. I don't even like the word triggered anymore. They get activated, they get thrown off um, their regulation if they have it, or they start to go, oh my gosh, this kid wasn't regulated even from the start because I wasn't regulated from the start. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge pill to swallow for a parent. And I commend all the parents who own up to that and they don't collapse in shame and they have a little bit of time where they have to grieve. Some of my students will say the biggest loss of my life is not parenting my babies with regulation because I can't get that back. Mm. And they know that if they had had that, the, the, the troubles, the, the issues, the therapies that their children and even adult children need to have probably wouldn't be needed in the same degree. I think you're making sense. And I think I think that there's this point where we want to find a space of internal regulation so that we yeah. are able to understand when we're 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 sort of perpetuating that internal fear response that hasn't been regulated yes. or when we can tap in and look and see something. And I want to touch I just want to touch back into that piece of things to sort of wrap up mm -hmm. that we yeah. are able to see and to be with in these moments, whether that's what we can change or those things that we have no control over and that we can't change, but to be able to look at some of what is going on within our world. And here's another way to look at it. Um, I can't change, just as you can't change, the trauma that occurred to your mom, your dad, your grandparents, all the things. Yeah. The only thing you have control of is you. Mm -hmm. um, and understanding is important, I think. It's important to have clues um, about why one might struggle with a certain thing or, or whatever it might be, or my genetics are more made for this kind of blah, blah, blah. Um, but then in the end of the day, it, it, it's so cliche, but it's true. It's what is occurring in the moment with you. Mm -hmm. But then the trick with that is if, again, you're back to that survival, when you're in survival, there's no nuance. It's very, very much black and white. Yes. And so with regulation, 
I mean, people throw out this word window of tolerance all the time, <laughs> mm -hmm. which was coined by Dan Siegel. And it's a great idea, but it doesn't work when you don't have regulation. <laughs> it only it, um, is accurate with a self-regulated human being. They have a tolerance for stress where they're not being thrown into what we call dysregulation. There's like this classic graph that's like a, it's like a tunnel and you've got the up and down of the nervous system regulation and your window of tolerance is within that window. Right. And, you know, I had some stress from the surgery, but I also didn't get dysregulated because I knew how to navigate those waters. If I had had an accident in that surgery, you know, where there was a complication that might throw me a little bit out of my window of tolerance. Like that would have, been scary, right? But many people, their window of tolerance, my teacher would say, it's like a, it's like a thin line. There's no window. It's a pain. It's not even a pain, right? It's like yes. a pencil mark. Yes. And when you have such a small, if, if no, really it's called a false window of tolerance, you don't have any window mm. of tolerance. It's false. You're already in a state of stress, survival stress. And so you react based on how you know how to react to stress when you are stressed. Yes. So you're kind of flip between activation and collapse, shutdown, aggression, uh, defiance, um, go, uh, what is it called? Stonewalling, you know, all, all these terms we use. I, I love this because it, very early, very, very early on, I was given the analogy of window of tolerance. And yes. I think that one of the things that happens when we're given an analogy to something that is so tangible, like a window, is that it becomes our benchmark for something and it might not tell the whole truth of something, which might be that you have this pencil line of tolerance. And yeah. that analogy doesn't leave space for that window being closed, for there being yeah. no opening yeah. for that tolerance to happen. And when you said that, I had a really, mm. a, a sort of light bulb moment of my own experience of being told about a window of tolerance when I had no opening, but assuming that it was there because this analogy had been given and, and it felt tangible. And I think that this is really beautiful because one of the things that I've noticed as I actually have gained regulation, whether that's that's through doing some of the work that I've done through your programs and beyond, is that I'm much better able to live in a space of not just reacting. Yep. So not just having a reaction, but having a space where I can pause in between stimulus and what happens internally for me and yeah. the action that I choose to take. And so this is kind of how I have distinguished it for myself. And I bet you have a better way of doing this, but that I act instead of react. Mm-hmm. So um, let me ask you this question. Let's say two years ago, 
we had a little oopsies with our timing today. We did. And it was, and it was my fault. Sure. And, and, and that didn't even occur to me. I'm like, I hope she's, I literally was like, God, I hope she's okay. And she didn't like fall off a tractor or something like that. (laughs) But, um, imagine Kate, your system two years ago, if that had occurred, would you be here doing this right now? I did imagine it, Irene. It was one of the first things that I pictured when it happened was how I would have responded. And I honestly think I, I would have collapsed. Mm -hmm. And so I received, I received a a message from you. Like, are we, what's going on? Um, it was, it was phrased much nicer than that just for our audience, but (laughs) I think it was very nice. Are you going to read it? Kate, can pull just it letting up. you know I'm ready, but zero, all caps rush. I can work on other things. If you are a bit behind, just let me know. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be really honest here, which I actually yeah. feels a little bit difficult to be honest okay. about how I would have responded. I would not have answered initially. I would okay. have collapsed. I would have panicked. Mm-hmm. I would have waited until our time window to hop on had ended, and then I would have made up an extravagant excuse for why I was unable to make it, um, and likely would have had troubles reconnecting with you following it. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's a great example of no window of tolerance for stress. Yes. Yes. And instead, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, you were just, yeah, you're like, I had, oops, I had us for a different time. You said it's my fault. All good. Yes, you're right. It was your fault. But yep. no one died. Nope. You no, know, it's okay. Um, and let's, you know, I asked, is it cool? You said yes. I felt that yep. that was accurate. And here yep. we are. Here we are. I think Adult. this is a beautiful... Yeah, that's like adult, regulated, mature interaction of oopsies, made a mistake. Let's come. And then, you know what? If you were like, you know what? I'm not ready. <laughs> I've been like, cool. Because I also don't want to have a conversation if you're frazzled, you know? And, no. and so, and it's not a big deal, you know? It's not the end of the world. But that that's, again, a microcosm of how important it is to find that capacity. I mean, you reflected too. So this is that human thing, the ability for us to reflect on, this would have been way different two years ago or even a year ago, and here I am. And yeah, there's gonna be a little stress. (laughs) Oh shit, you know? Yeah, there was a touch of stress. There was a fleeting moment of shame that I kind of walked myself through. Yeah. So it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. It's odd. oddly, I'm glad that happened. I am too. And I, I'm glad we got to share about it because I was reflecting on it as I, I just quickly, I, I was covered in sweat and yeah. <laughs> dust from loading feed. And I was touching myself up a little bit and <laughs> was reflecting about how that response would have gone and yeah. just what is possible and i know that you and i have discussed my backstory and so and i i really 
want people to know what is possible. And I, I love bringing it back to that analogy because I think that gives that window gives a false sense to those of us when you are in that space where you have zero window of tolerance. It gives a, a sort of false idea yeah. to, oh, well, you know, it's my window might be, op- it has to be open a little bit. And sometimes it's not. It's not. There's no window there. There's no window there, and that's okay. Yes. But again, just like it's important for us to be apprenticed to our bodies and to understand our physiology, I think understanding where we are in this process can be really helpful. I think it would have been helpful to me for somebody to be like, you might not have any window of tolerance, and that's okay. So here's an interesting thought, because I've been thinking about this. Do you think that when that person said that to you, I don't know how long that, how long ago that was, but would you have had the wherewithal to even know how to take that in? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think, you know, and, and this is, right? this is an interesting thing reflecting on the many years I spent in, in various forms of psychotherapy oh, yeah. was that, I think I didn't, there was a lot that I did not take in. So that's, I asked that because I've been grappling with this a little bit in my own brain because there's a point where I'm like, gosh, would it just be easier to just do the tough love and just when you see someone and you see, yeah, Mm -hmm. there ain't no window of tolerance, false window of tolerance and highly somatically bypassed or... Mm -hmm. Yep, no window of tolerance, false window of tolerance, and highly activated all the time, but they don't know it because they're also partially shut down. Mm. You know, these are the things I can see, and it's really tough to see these things, especially in friends, Mm -hmm. um, which I will admit become harder and harder to be around because I see the patterns that they perpetuate. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my husband about this. It's like, is it cool to just tell the truth but but then the defenses come out because if they're in it and so it's like this really interesting um paradox because i remember the first time someone said to me and she worded it honey you've been in functional freeze your whole life and it was about 18 months into my somatic experiencing training so i was still a fresh pup in that world of of learning this, this would have been in 2009. And she just said it point blank in a private session, somatic experiencing session. Mm. And I was like, huh, interesting. But if I hadn't have understood what that meant, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have made any sense. Mm. But I'm grateful that she did do it because it was almost like a very stern slap on the face Mm. like kind of like share you know moonstruck when she slaps some nick cage nick cage yeah snap out of it you know her strong stallion accent and yeah and there is a there's an element where sometimes kate when i see how long it can take someone to really alert themselves to how deeply dysregulated they've been Mm. oh my goodness I wish I could just shake you and say, you're not here. 
You think you're here, mm. but you're out there. And this is why these bad things keep happening to mm. you. Yeah. And it's tricky. So it, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's something that I actually, I'll honest with, I grapple with almost daily. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that's hard too, because I think that some people are going to respond well and others poorly, depending on their particular background. And I also think that there's an element of time and timing, mm -hmm. right? There is yeah. that moment when we suddenly have that realization. I had the same realization that I'd been in functional freeze for a long time. And that yeah. that didn't dawn on me at depth the first or second time I heard it, probably. It was yeah. probably the third or fourth time that I had heard it that I was actually able to internalize it, whether it was the state that I was in in that moment or yeah. the person that said it to me, yeah. right? Whatever it is. And yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that you and I were kind of talking about discussing is this idea of having community. And yes. I think that this is part of healing is having some of this feedback from our loved ones. And, and sometimes it's going to be the right time. Other times it's not going to be the right time, but that, and, and that it's tough. It's a tough line to walk as the person giving it and the person receiving it. Like, do you give this feedback or not? All of it. It's a tough line. It is a tough line. And you know what I just shared there, that's like my inside voice. So I normally don't share that frustration. So I, I am with you and of course everyone else listening to this um, because it, it, it this isn't just me. This mm -hmm. I know other colleagues, we consult and talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that that assistant that said that to me, because I know how SE trainings work, there had been discussions for probably that entire year about how functionally frozen Irene is. Mm. When are we going to tell her? Right. And so I'm sure that she didn't make that decision solely on her own. It was in collaboration with her colleagues who have the best interest for me in their mind and in hearts, right? They're not doing it to be mean. They're doing it to let me know this is where you are on this map. Um, and I'm just going to add one thing and then I want to get to the community thing because it's important. Yeah. Um, so that would have been in 2009, 10 ish when she said that to me and we're into 2023 earlier this year, I think I finally got out of full functional freeze. I can't do the math quickly in my head. 13 years, 14 years, 13 years. And I'm not just doing a session here and there. I've, I mean, obviously not. Mm. <laughs> I've been in yeah. this work. It is a lifestyle. It's my air. It's what I breathe and do. I'm always doing work. And that showed me how deep my trauma was early. And it wasn't until just the last year that I uncovered some other layers that I haven't really spoken about yet around wow. stuff. And, and I'm like, Whoa. but I didn't, it's not that I didn't have the capacity to understand these. I didn't have the visual ability to see them. And then when they started to come up, it was like, okay, we're on the next roller coaster ride. Um, so I don't say this to discourage people because they're like 13 years. 
What? Oh, I felt encouraged by that. I (laughs) (laughs) I felt deeply encouraged. It takes time and it's such a beautiful thing. I for me, and I will only speak for myself yeah. here, that almost felt like permission for me to unfold in time. And yeah. I try to remind myself sometimes that my body is just a part of the earth. And sometimes processes take a long time to unfold. You don't plant a tree to enjoy shade tomorrow. Yeah. And I think with some of these practices, there there is a similar, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, thirteen years does not mean that within those thirteen years things didn't happen. So much happened in the last thirteen years that I can't even start to explain. Yeah, good. Oh, things yeah. occurred in the last thirteen years and hard things, but it doesn't Growth. mean function and be a part of society clearly I have been but it is knowing um that this is not I think this is a this is like a confusion in the somatic healing world right now there's this confusion as to um the right thing to do and this one is better than that one Mm -hmm. and here's the thing some things definitely people should not do just like I really didn't need to take that opioid last week. (laughs) No, you know, Um, and then some people, they might need to take that because they don't know how to deal with, say, the pain, whatever. And so there's kind of this, um, um, the reason it's top of mind, I'm having another talk with someone on an interview tomorrow and we're we're trying to figure out what to talk about because like you and I, we've had many conversations and Mm -hmm. he's like, it just feels like, there's this confusion and like people are just taking sides. Yes. And I was like, yeah, they are because um, I kind of thought about it and I thought, hmm, I've often said that this work is embryonic, like it's, it's growing like an embryo. And I'm like, I don't even think the sperm and the egg have met yet <laughs> in this somatic healing world. And the reason why is because we haven't agreed or at least come to some collaborative consensus that there is a certain path. And I feel like I've uncovered that in some of the work I have created. And that on that path, there will be deviations on how a person takes that in. Mm -hmm. And just like a baby isn't going to be a pole jumper or a vault, whatever you call it, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Olympics, when they start walking, You can't start higher level practices when you uncover the fact that you have no window of tolerance. Yeah. And this is the, this is the um, debate I get into. I don't debate about it because there's no point I find, but where there's a, I get a lot of um, heat around saying that meditation can't heal trauma and cold Mm -hmm. plunges can't heal trauma. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, them alone, it can't. And we know that. Yeah. Just like a baby can't do a pole vault yeah there's nothing wrong with the fact that that baby can't do that no but it can't maybe it can do it later maybe not now this is this is something you know and i i want to say two things because i really was heartened by the 
time it took you, that there's permission for things to unfurl. And I do want to say, like, just like you plant a tree, there's growth that's happening. I don't think I am out of a lot of my functional freeze, but two years ago, the response that I would have had to our little time mishap is vastly different than the response that I had today. That's growth. Do I feel that there is more to uncover? Yes. And, yep. and that's part of that journey. But I think one of the things that we've lost in a lot of spaces in, right. in health is the idea that there is bio-individuality, mm-hmm. that we all were raised in a certain milieu and sort of environmental soup that is going to change the way that we respond to certain things and the way that we navigate a path. And so as you enter into a more somatic experience and doing some of your work, there is, yes, a path and there will be these deviations based on who you are and where you are on the journey. And I think that we've forgotten to give space to the individual and and our differences yeah. in the experience of doing this work or in healing or whatever you want to call it. I think that's where we slightly vary um, from other mammals. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, not to say that there's obviously variation in a, you know, a herd of bison or that, but they're all similar in how they walk and 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 how they feed mm-hmm. and how they raise their young. And I think the tricky part with humans is, as you said, Kate, we're all raised a bit differently. Mm-hmm. And there's a progression occurring in humanity. There's an evolution, there's an expansion, there's a, there's culture, there's society, there's internet, there's no internet, there's, you know, (laughs) different foods. And, and so because there's all these differences, it it makes it trickier, I think, for people to understand how their path should unfurl, if you will, like how it opens up. And again, to kind of be a broken record, if you can understand your physiology and your biology mm-hmm. and your connection to the basic natural world and our food sources and all the things we need, sun, light, water, etc., air, um, so much does fall into place, but it's sometimes oversimplistic for people to come back to that. When I said a, a while ago, like, can we just come back into the moment? Yes, there is traumas. Yes, there is past life, but everything is occurring in you now. And that's where the self work to be in the internal and in conjunction with the external is so important. Um, Because when we have that, and this is for adults, right? This isn't, you know, you can't tell this to a baby. No. Um, But for adults who really want to learn, there is something quite... um, neutral and sacred and i'm taking that from a mentor of mine that uses the term sacred neutral Mm -hmm. around coming back to those basic biological pieces with the understanding that we still have this higher human brain that is going to challenge us (laughs) on how basic some of this stuff can be Because our brains are complex, so it's looking for the complexity, it's looking for the complexity, it's looking for the next cool thing. 
Um, just like it's so fun when there's a new app on your phone because it's a different color and it's like, so that still exists, but there's something really basic about the human biology and how it wants to work. It wants to be well, it doesn't want to be toxified with stress, just like your gardens don't want to be filled with chemicals. The seeds don't want that. Um, they want the simplicity of the elements and good intentions, mm -hmm. right? I was, I, I, and I'm going to throw this out to you and you can kind of, yeah. you can kind of say that it doesn't work. But as we were talking, I was thinking about that. Some of this is, is learning the language of your body and learning the language of your nervous system. And the beautiful thing about learning languages is that we often start with foundational concepts. We start with how tenses go together or, you know, how conjugation happens. Yeah. And I do think that as some of these hacks, if you will, have become popularized, whether it's meditation or cold plunging, it feels like just the complex thing we need to add into our routine to reach a, a deeper state of healing. But I really think and have experienced through doing some of your work that it is these these very and we've talked about how they're deceptively simple. It, it, yes. They're both simple and complex. It, and, yes. and so that doesn't yeah. quite sum it up. But yeah. to come back to these is to better understand how to move forward and how to discern where your path is going to deviate, how to learn how to be apprentice to your body in a way that you can make some of these decisions. Oh, you know, this might be what every influencer is doing, but I'm not sure this is right for my biology or to make yeah. that call that I don't need these pain medications, yeah. that these are decisions that we can begin to have agency over as we are better apprenticed to our physiology. I like what you said, deceptively simple. <laughs> because um, I do always go back to the baby when I start to try to explain some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't given birth to a biological baby in this lifetime. <laughs> um, and I've been around a few to know that they're pretty simple. They, they need some things. And if you attune to them pretty immediately, they settle pretty immediately. Um, if you're regulated, they're regulated. If you're not regulated, they're going to sense that and they're going to freak out. And if we think about the apprenticeship of a new human, it's those simple everyday attunements, the routine, all the things, just like if you're caring for a baby goat and mama isn't there because of whatever, you know, you got to feed them, you got to keep them warm, got to rub them, got to talk to them, like all these things. Um, it's that stuff. And so um, when we're adults and we know and we've landed on the fact that, uh-huh, yep, I wasn't attuned to properly, probably a good guess that I wasn't because of these troubles I'm having based on what I'm learning. The language that you're learning, that deceptively simple 
exercise of just feeling your feet on the floor, that's trying to mimic feeling the touch of your mother that was never there. Mm -hmm. That orienting is that orienting that a baby does when they're just hanging out on the floor, looking around, hearing things, Mm -hmm. processing the environment. Um, the movement that starts to get taught in um, my courses, which you've experienced, the more Feldenkraisian movement, the rolling, the feeling, the, the, the posture, that's what a baby is feeling when they get up under their two feet and they're like, ooh, you know, I don't know where I am. I'm going to, right? It's building all of these characters of our senses and sensory motor neurosensory aspects that we sh- we got i mean if you're a walking breathing and you can move human you did get enough if you're listening to this you did get enough to be here right that's good news um but the rewiring the rewiring and the returning of regulation or maybe returning regulation when it was never there in the first place it's going to mimic the boringness of a newborn baby Mm. and I've heard so many people in the past, this is when I was younger, Kate, when I was in that first wave of friends that was having babies when we were in our 20s. Often it would be the guy, sorry guys, but it would be the guy, ah, they don't do anything. I can't wait till I can go play with them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, but they are doing something. (laughs) They're learning, but that's, it's deceptive. What they're doing is so much. Forming millions of connections, connections. Uh, constantly, constantly, and, and and I know this wasn't where we had planned on going, but I like it when okay. conversations just kind of unfold. But I was thinking about how much we talk about, and and you know, in some of the psychotherapy work I've done, you talk about reparenting an inner child. Yeah. And again, I think this gives this idea of a child, and to me, a child is I don't know four and up. Mm-hmm. But we don't talk so much about reconnecting or, you know, re-experiencing some of those foundational aspects that get set yeah. as an infant. And yeah. and this sort of idea of reconnecting with or having some of the somatic experiencing of infancy. Yeah. And because that is what is setting the stage for everything going forward, that those millions yeah. of connections that we're yeah. making as infants form the the language that we will later use. And so it's going back again to these deceptively simple concepts, to this mm-hmm. deceptively simple time in human development. A hundred percent. And... The thing I think that is two two pieces. Um, When you're an adult, because people are going to obviously want to know about this work Mm -hmm. um, as we wrap up our talk, I've had many people, and I, I wonder if this ever happened to you, Kate, but I've had people say, I'm not noticing anything. I'm not feeling anything. Like I'm doing everything and yet I'm, uh, nothing's happening. Oh, are you yeah. there? Yeah, I'm there. I'm sorry. Yeah. I lost you for a second. All good. Um, but nothing's happening. And, uh, and we, and it, it's, it's so, 
interesting and, and tough too for me and my colleagues to be like, just keep, yeah, keep doing the things. I know it seems crazy, but it's kind of like saying, I'm picking up this baby, I'm attuning to it, and they're not talking yet. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, it's going to take some time. It takes time. It takes time. And so if you think about how long um, it takes an infant to go from, you know, infancy day one to let's say an eight-year-old that can, well, I was an eight-year-old scrambling eggs, but you know, a, a kid that can scramble eggs, do the dishes, make their bed, talk, yeah. pick up the phone, take mail to the mailbox. That takes some time. You know? It takes and some so time. If I think about my journey, and as we're talking about yours too, is this 13-year process, and I am by no means done everything for my healing, but I do feel that a big part of the heavy lifting has been done. Um, I often think if I had had my own courses before I started my training, I think it would have been a different path because mm -hmm. There was nothing to provide foundations when I went into my trainings. So that's another interesting story. But um, it shows why it does take some time. Mm -hmm. And not everybody had early traumas to the degree that, say, I did or some other people did. So it might not take 13 years. If someone is not in functional freeze and they actually present more with what we would call high activation, oddly, even though that's more uncomfortable, you're less in deep shutdown. So there's less layering that you're going to have to unpack off of the system. So often the folks that are like, I'm not feeling anything. And again, I'm making a generalization, Kate. Sometimes it's their system is in so much defense that they're literally like at the top of the castle with a moat and dragons in it and nothing is coming inside. Yeah. And it's and going to take, it's gonna take time takes to... Time to convince that nervous system physiology that it's actually okay to sit and look around and take in the environment without it seeming like a threat. Yes, and I think to go back to what we said, everybody's path is going to be bio-individual. And so yes. what you've experienced, what I've experienced may not be the experience of others. And to bring it back to, I think for me, the natural world is always a good analogy. There are moments within the growth, if you've ever done a tree from just a little sapling, yes. there are moments where it feels like it's stagnated, that growth isn't happening. And we might not see that there are roots underground that are growing and that eventually those branches are going to begin to grow. And I think that this is a great time to open up some conversation too about upcoming smart body, smart mind. Yeah. And and I want to I always want to highlight this that it leaves room for growth because once you purchase the course, yeah. you can come back year after year to find different pieces that are going to resonate at different stages on your journey. Definitely. Um, just recently, I had a message from a student that would have taken SBSM, Smart Body, Smart Mind, gosh, over five years ago now, maybe, probably. This next round that, that we're going into is the 14th time this curriculum has been run live. But this one uh, woman, she came in with fibromyalgia, very unwell. Um, and now she's a somatic experiencing practitioner. 
and doing amazing work. About two and a half years ago, she had healed her fibromyalgia, which is essentially dysregulation of the autonomic nervous system coming out in chronic pain and fatigue and digestive troubles and all that. Um, but she said to me recently, I already knew how to do the work when I went into the SE training mm. because I had learned how to do the work on myself and I was able to attune to myself in such a high level way. Her language had become so sharpened that mm. she, and I, I get it. I'm like, she flew through and breezed through that training and she, I'm sure she's a superstar to the trainers because all of those foundational concepts were internally baked into her. Yeah. And um, I feel that this work actually isn't rocket science if we're in a practitioner role, just like a mother who is healthy and attuned does not need a pediatrician or a baby book to tell her how to feed, how to do all the things that all these books tell us yeah. to do. Um, it's just there, you know. Just like a goat. Just like, just like a goat has a kid a, and, a and has exactly. an internal yeah. compass for how to raise it. Yes. Exactly. And we've we've just swung so far away from, it's not even about trusting our instincts and our interoception, which is our perception of our physiology. It's not that we don't trust them. It's like we don't even know they're there to trust. And, and so, they can be uncovered. Um, I know this. I've experienced yes. it. Yeah. Yes. It's all that we all have the wiring to be helpers of others, to know what to do with a goat, to know what to do with a baby, and to know what to do with our creative mind. But when mm. we are in that survival stress, it just doesn't work. And so, yes, smart body, smart mind. Um, you know, obviously the details a person can find on the site and all that yes. specifics, but it was created for those that don't know, because I was in private practice seeing people every day, many days a week. I burnt out, but the burnout in part was because I was having to repeat myself mm -hmm. dozens of times a week to teach people about their physiology. And I started recording audio homework exercises so that they could do homework at home because it wasn't enough to see me for an hour a week. And some people yeah. saw me an hour a week for three, four years, Kate. That's a lot of money Yeah. when it's $200 a session. And so what I figured out, um, just like you can't hold your baby goat one hour a week, <laughs> just like you can't attune to your baby one hour a week, we can't assume that we can heal all these dysregulations in one hour a week with a therapist. There's nothing wrong with therapy, by the way. Um, no. I don't even want to count how many sessions I've had with various practitioners over the last 13 years. However, um, if you can get that language on board with your own practice and your own time in the comfort of your own home, and relearn how to be with your body, which is exactly what smart body, smart mind, there's a reason it's body before mind. <laughs> That's what that teaches. It really um, allows a person to come into their system and there's no rush. Like you don't have to finish it. I don't, I have not met one person, Kate, not even my own colleagues who have done the course who have gotten through it in 12 weeks. Mm. It's, 
that much is in it that if you take three years to do it, I say wonderful. Because not only are you going at your own pace, you're allowing the material to come in in its own time when the system is ready. Mm -hmm. Following your own bio-individual path and what you need. And I think it's so beautiful that you have built this. I've done some of your work and felt the effect of it. And I think it's profound. And I think that you have built a container that you can come back to and that gives you space and time. And I think those are two of the things that we really dug into today that we need. We need space and sometimes time to heal. And it's going to be different for each and every one of us. And we'll have, we'll have all those links in the show notes Mm -hmm. to where that starts. And, and when does enrollment begin just for anybody who's still listening? It opens up, it opens up on September 12th, which I believe is a Tuesday and it's open for seven days. So to Monday and, um, we open registration specifically in that window. It's kind of like a university course and that we're in session and then we're out. And then we're in session and then we're out. Um, the last couple of years, we've run it twice. Um, we might keep up with that twice, uh, twice a year enrollment. We'll see. I might have a more robust team that can help. So that's what's allowing us to do it twice a year again. Um, and it, you know, it, um, I, sh- I do wish I had that course when I was younger. Um, Me too. It, it uh, you know, the, the 80 year olds and the 70 year olds that go through this, I love them because they're so grateful that they're mm-hmm. learning it at that age. And they also grieve the fact that they wish that they had had this when they were our age, your age. Yeah. Um, and so if you are in any window of age, it doesn't matter. Your system can rewire at any age. It can grow at any age. Um, but you really do, I find you want to be that apprentice. You want, you have to want this understanding. Um, but when you have the understanding, I mean, look at what happened with us today, you know, stress came in Kate and we just spoke effortlessly for an hour and however, and living proof. Perfect. Totally. Irene, I don't want to keep you any longer. Thank you so much. It is always such a pleasure to be here with you. We'll have all the good links in the show notes and I can't wait till we talk again. Ditto. Thanks so much, my dear. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mind, Body, and Soil podcast. If what you found resonated with you, may I ask that you share it with your friends or leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? This act of reciprocity helps others find mind, body, and soil. If you're looking for more, you can find us at groundworkcollective.com and at Kate underscore Kavanaugh, that's K-A-T-E underscore K-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H on Instagram. I would like to give a very special thank you to China and Seth Kent of the band All Right, All Right for the clips from their beautiful song Over the Edge from their album The Crucible. You can find them at All Right, All Right on Instagram and wherever you listen to music.